Well, hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Real Truth Real Quick, where we talk about life, leadership, and the world we live in. I'm Todd. I get to be with you all the time. And today, I have my friend Stephanie Gray, all the way from British Columbia, who uh, is actually a leader of a ministry called Love Unleashes Life. You should listen to all the Stephanie Gray stuff you can. I do. She gave an amazing viral talk at Google on the topic of life and abortion, which is a difficult thing to talk about. And Steph, we're going to talk about an aspect of that talk today, or an a question that comes up anytime you talk about abortion, and here's the question we're gonna answer. Shouldn't a woman have a right to control her own body and therefore leave her alone, especially you guys, when it comes to the abortion topic? So I think when we're asked that question, we have to pause and say, okay, well, what, what do we mean by that? For example, if while you and I are speaking here, I want to do this, you know, and th swing my arm. Might be annoying for you and the viewers, but hey, if I want to do this, I can do this. But what if there's a newborn baby here? And every time I swing my arm over there, I'm hitting this child. Would you stop me? Yes. So what's the difference in that second scenario where the child is present? Well, now what I'm doing with my body is harming someone else's body. And civil societies say that you may not directly and intentionally harm or kill an innocent human being. And so the question is, when a woman is pregnant, is there one or two bodies present? And I think we know intuitively there's two bodies because when a woman's considering abortion because she doesn't want to be pregnant and she sees a negative pregnancy test, will she ever call the abortion clinic? Hmm. No. Never. But when she sees the positive pregnancy test, in that case, she might be inclined to call the abortion clinic. What's the difference between the positive test and the negative test? What's the positive test telling her? There's another body there. Mm. It's not just your body now. There's the presence of another. And so if we therefore think that it's wrong for me to swing my arm so that it hits another child, it would also be wrong for a woman to lay her body down so that it may be mm. vilely entered by an abortionist's instruments mm. so as to end the life of another person, the body of a preborn child. Someone might be listening to this and just say, well, wait a minute, you just made a big assumption that there is another person present, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we've done some conversations about this and other Real Truth Real Quicks about, hey, should I even bury an aborted fetus is a question we've answered on a Real Truth Real Quick. We've said, uh, what's a compelling way to talk about the abortion topic where we talk a little bit about this? But, mm -hmm. but, but, but just even mention the fact that this is not a question that we um, answer by going to Luke 1 or Genesis 1 or uh, Psalm 139. Right. It's a question we can really answer by science. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I like to simply ask, uh, do we believe in human rights? Mm -hmm. And people will always say, yes, I believe in human rights. I say, okay, well, uh, will beings reproduce after their own kind? So will a dog produce a dog? Will a cat produce a cat? Will a human produce a human? Yes. Well, then if I believe in human rights and humans will produce humans, then therefore what the humans have produced is a human. And therefore, if I believe in human rights, that human ought to have the same rights as you or me. And someone might say, well, that, that human isn't alive yet. So then I like to ask, well, is at fertilization the embryo growing? So is the one-celled embryo growing into two and four and eight and so forth? And if yes, then we know by the embryo's growth, the embryo's living. If the parents of the embryo are human, we therefore know the embryo is human. And if we believe in human rights, then this living human ought to have the same human right to life that you or I have. So therefore, if it's wrong for me to use my body to harm a born human, it's also going to be wrong for me to use my body to harm a preborn human. Okay, and so this gets to, as an acronym, we actually did a real truth real quick on this, which is 
uh, or we answered the question and there's a show note link to it, which we use the acronym SLED. Yes. Okay. Tell yes. them very, just very quickly here, because with the whole Real Truth Work on that, but, sure. but one of them, the D specifically. Dependency. Dependency, yes, right. Yes, and yes. so a woman would say, yeah, but it's my body, but this child's dependent upon me and I don't want the child to be dependent upon me. Sure. So shouldn't a woman have a right to say, I don't want this child to be dependent upon me? Well, I would ask, what do civil societies expect of parents? Mm -hmm. If you were to Google, you know, parents kill, starve, torture children, mm -hmm. you get horror story headlines around the world. And even abortion supporters would be horrified at, at these stories. Mm -hmm. So then I say, okay, therefore our, our horror at these headlines tells us that we know civil societies expect parents to help, not harm their children. Mm -hmm. So I therefore like to ask, when does parenthood begin? When is the child who was maybe tortured at the age of two, when did that child begin her life? And since we know that's at fertilization, mm -hmm. and we expect parents to protect their vulnerable children, therefore uh, abortion shouldn't be allowed because it would harm that harm that child. If you look at that acronym SLED, which stands for Size, Level of Development, Environment, and D for Dependency, the idea is that even if the child is human, some people would argue abortion is justified because the child isn't a person on the basis of the child's size, level of development, environment, or dependency. But the point is, a two-year-old in comparison to, let's say, an 18-year-old mm -hmm. is smaller. A two-year-old is less developed than the 18-year-old. A two-year-old might be in a different environment from an 18-year-old, or specifically, mm -hmm. the two-year-old is highly dependent compared to an 18-year-old. If parents refuse to feed their 18-year-old college student, they're not gonna be charged with neglect. <laughs> but if they refuse to feed their two-year-old child, they will be charged with neglect. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between the two-year-old child and the 18-year-old child? Dependency. Yeah. The two-year-old is a dependent, and civil societies expect parents to care for their dependents, not abandon their dependents. And so since we know the pre-born child, like the two-year-old, is more dependent, that actually heightens the parent's responsibility towards this child. It doesn't lessen the well, parent's so responsibility. Good. And, and even more so when a woman says, hey, I don't want my body to be uh, affected and changed and, and tortured. You know, a lot of times you would just say, you know, if people had that perspective mm -hmm. about, their about their pregnancy, Boy, sometimes moms who have that child out of utero at six months old go, hey, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't want to do this anymore. We'd say, well, that doesn't mean you can hurt your child. Exactly. Right? And so I, I love the way you've answered this because even like if you flipped it, and I think you've even done this before, Steph, where you just say, well, shouldn't a guy have a right to take? Mm -hmm. You, you got to finish the sentence, right? right. Take, take a nap? Right. Sure. Take a bath? Yes. Please. Yes. <laughs> right? But, but take a woman's virginity without her consent? Right. Absolutely not. Right. Yes. That has application for the woman. Absolutely. Right? Abortion supporters will say, I believe in a woman's right to choose. And we have to say, choose what? There you know, you choose to wear red shoes or black shoes, choose coconut ice cream versus chocolate ice cream. All day. Or choose to harm an innocent child. Whoa, now I'm not going to support that choice. That's right. And as you say, I support a man's right to take. Someone might say, well, we, again, we have to finish our sentence. Take what? And only when we define what we're taking can we determine whether we support it or not. And so in the same way, only when we define what we're choosing can we determine whether we should support it or not? And since we know the preborn child is a living human who ought to be considered a person because personhood, even according to the United Nations, is grounded in being a member of the human family and having human parents, the preborn child is a member of the human family, so according to the UN, ought to be considered a person. Therefore, I have a responsibility to, to protect and respect that child. It's tremendous. So we've answered this question, you know, almost intentionally not addressing the believer, 
right? Mm. But the scriptures are very clear. If you are a believer, right? Yes. I mean, come on, even more so. We, we talk about how in 1 Corinthians 6, you know, in verse 20, where it says, you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. Yes. And so what's amazing is that a number of abortions that happen aren't just happening to people who don't take a faith. There are women who say that Jesus is their Lord who, who go, I'm, but I'm not going to see this as an issue. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, it says, I discipline my body, meaning I don't always do what I want with my body. In Galatians 2.20, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. It's not up to me. So I think 40% of abortions are committed by people who are part of a household of faith. Mm. It's really amazing uh, and sad. Right? we got to take care of even some of the people that would embrace the God that we do and uh, as well as addressing. But we spent, I love it, the beginning of this episode really talking about this from a, a, a not even spiritual right. side, but from a, like you said, a civil society sure. perspective. Absolutely. And there's, of course, a need to speak the language of our audience. And, yes. and for believers out there, we need to reinforce the idea that we are all image bearers. Yeah. And the preborn child is an image bearer as well. So how ought we treat an individual who bears the image of God? That's what we have to ask ourselves. And, and for those who don't have a mm -hmm. faith, yeah, we can ask, what do civil societies expect uh, about how the weak and vulnerable should be treated? Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Guys, go back and listen to this again and again. Become conversant in these conversations, not so you can intimidate people and win arguments, but so you can love them and just realize that in civil society, we don't say a woman can choose whatever she wants or a man can choose whatever they want. We help them choose what's going to be a blessing to them and certainly not be destructive to life. That's what civil loving people do. Steph, thank you so much. You're welcome. Guys, lots of other Stephanie Gray resources there on our show notes. Check it out and join us next time on another episode of Real Truth Real Quick. 